0: Hi, my name's Mark Powell, and this is AP's Profiles for Christian Living. Uh, Once again, I have a very special guest with me today, uh, the Reverend Bruce Christian, who is a former moderator of the State of New South Wales, as well as moderator general of the Presbyterian Church of Australia, and just yesterday celebrated his 80th birthday. So he's also an octogenarian. (laughs) Yep. Uh, he's been many things over the years. Um, I think you could just safely say he is one of the senior statesmen of the Presbyterian Church of Australia. He's been a former trustee. He's now on, um, well... I'm on the Aged Care Committee. The Aged yep. Care Committee. Yeah, yep. I've um, been
1: involved with theological education um, for 10 years, but I'm now... Um, just on the Aged Care Committee.
0: Now, and that's the first thing I wanted to talk to you about today because Mm. here we are in the midst of COVID-19 and it's probably soon going to be COVID-20. Yeah. um, And we're still going to be in a pandemic. Yeah. You yourself um, are are a senior (laughs) citizen. uh, Yeah. Serving on the Senior Citizens Committee of our church. Yeah. How do we best minister to our elderly during this time, Bruce?
1: I think... We've got to show that we love them and that they are loved. I think there's a lot of elderly people who feel as if they're thrown on the scrap heap. Mm. Um, people who've been actively involved yeah. in the life of the church, and particularly at this time, people who were involved in the life of the church when it wasn't so clearly um, teaching the scriptures, and and they feel like yeah. they've come out of something that was different, and they've they they don't feel at home and they feel like they're on the scrap heap because they're too old to be any use. And I think we've just got to show that we love them because what I've found is there's some really godly people. They might have come up under teaching that wasn't exactly like we liked it to be, but they're, yeah. but the Holy Spirit's working in their hearts and they've got things to offer and we've got to let them know that they've got things and we appreciate what they're doing. It's hard because we can't always visit them. We, you know, we've we got people in hospital um, we can't visit. When we go to visit, we're put on a queue and, and it's just not the same. But we've got a I think the main thing I want to do is to let them know that we love them and that we appreciate God's work in their lives and what we can learn from them from their journey. Even though it may be a so different So it seems
0: way. to me there's two layers here of pastoral care. From the grassroots where we're caring for people that we know and yep. that we worship with in yep. our congregations. Yep. But there's also um, I guess what you might call the hierarchy, the top yep. down yep. Presbyterian aged care is working yep. with our, yep. our institutions. Yep. Any practical ways in which we can love and care for older people in those in those two ways. So maybe first of all you've touched already a little bit on the grassroots. Mm. Just let's go a little bit deeper into that. Yep. In our congregations, how can we care for our elderly people during this time?
1: I think let them know that we value them mm-hmm. even if they might not see things exactly the way we okay. do to let them know that that we want to work with them and to take opportunities to share with them what the scriptures are really see- they may be brought up in a situation where they didn't know the scriptures so, so understanding well understanding that history un- understanding their history but yeah always with the idea of getting them to see more clearly just what god has done for us in Jesus and and what His Word means to us as we read it each day Encourage them to read God's Word and mm. and I think to pray for them as well and to let them know that we're praying for them. But let them know that we we appreciate who mm. they are and and we appreciate what what we can learn from their journey um, as mm. we you know s- seek to serve the Lord. Yeah, I
0: must say when I was state moderator of New South Wales, uh, one of the best days that I had in that whole year was working with uh, Phil Paul and his wife Lynette yeah, yeah. in visiting the aged care. It was yeah. it was really surprisingly amazing
1: yeah, yeah.
0: and the opportunities that they had
1: yeah, yeah. and
0: the way that they were ministering. Yeah. What sort of opportunities do you see being on the Presbyterian Aged Care Committee? Mm. How can our churches, our people, be more involved in this ministry?
1: I think it's hard with COVID, uh, yeah. Mark, because... What I what I want to say is to, to be a volunteer visitor and um and to to just go and sit beside people and there are people I came across people in a, in our aged care facilities who'd had very active lives, solicitors, people with in you know, with um, strong business connections and all that sort of thing, and they're in an aged care situation where they're suffering from a bit of dementia and and it's easy for us to just write them off because we didn't know what we didn't know who they were before they went into aged care, yeah. and we're dealing with. But I think just to sit beside them and and to ask them about what they've done in the past and to mm. to um to show them that they that we value them to learn from the things that they've learned as well. But but all of that was pre COVID, and mm. we ca- we don't. It's hard to. Families aren't even allowed to visit in some situations. And, yeah. and it's just made it so much harder. And I, I guess um, one of the things that I'm learning is that, that that drives us to our knees more. And we need to be praying for these people and, uh, and praying that the Lord will give us opportunities to yeah, talk I, to them in some way.
0: I wonder too, maybe a practical way is inviting people like Phil and Lynette Paul um, into our churches, yep. hearing about the ministry, yep. particularly in the inner west of Sydney, yep. let's say, yep. but but also, uh, Presbyterian yep. aged care and
1: its ministry to the elderly is, is massive, isn't it? Yeah, 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 it is. And and Phil and and Lynette have got great stories to tell. They've got uh, lovely mm-hmm. accounts of people who've come to faith in yeah. their old age. One of the one of the things that I'm concerned about with aged care ministry is that we've got people sitting in the waiting room of the next life and and it's so important that they know who Jesus is, what he came to do, what he did for them and how they can put their trust in him alone as they wait to go into the next world. And, um, and, uh, how do I start on that? <laughs> so we, we've uh, got to look for opportunities of sharing. That's yep. oh, right, Phil and net. have great stories mm. of people who've come to faith mm. in, in that, you know, just at the end of their lives. Yes. And, and we've got a real ministry, a real opportunity there, and I think yeah. we've got to take that as much as we can. And people in the congregations can talk to Phil and Lynette and work out ways in which they can be involved in volunteer activities um, you know, uh just visiting people and mm. um and helping out where they can but the restrictions do make it a little bit difficult today. <laughs> you've
0: been you've been in the church a long time and I want to get to in a moment how you've seen the church change but I've got to ask you this to start off with. I don't think I've ever asked you this before. How did you yourself become a Christian?
1: Well, that's interesting. Um I uh my, my parents saw themselves as Presbyterians. They would have filled in the form, to say, in a census form, they would have said they were Presbyterians, mm. um, but they didn't go to church. They weren't involved in the church at all. Mm. And uh, when I, I was the second child born to them, and then there was a third child born, and, and then later on a fourth one, but when the three of us were there, um, a lady down the street who just lived, just down the street from where we lived in Bexley, um came up and knocked on the door and said to my mother, Mrs. Christian, uh, would you like me to take your um, children up to the Presbyterian Church at Hurstville? I, I teach Sunday school there. Would you like to take me to take them up there? And mum said, I you know, thought it's a good idea. We'll be able to sleep in Sunday yeah. mornings. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll let her do that. And, uh, and so she took us up to the Presbyterian Church at Hurstville. And we were, we were taught by lovely Sunday school teachers, uh, we had a minister who was a bit not clear on the gospel back in this is mm. back in the nineteen forties, and uh, late nineteen forties. And um, um, uh, but you heard but, the gospel but, in yeah, the Sunday they, school. The Sunday school teachers knew the gospel, and they 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 were wonderful. And uh, wow. and and I got all excited about this. And. Uh, and one of the things that we did back in the old days was we could sit exams at the end of the year and we get we get prizes for, for doing well at these exams. Mm. And I love getting prizes. Mm. And so I learned great slabs of the Bible off by heart so I'd be able to get a prize. Wow. Uh, it was the King James Bible. All we had then was the King James Bible. Uh, now the only concordance that's any use to me is the King James concordance because all the verses I remember <laughs> uh, are that, even though I've been not using it for a long time. Um, so... So And then we had a youth group there, mm. um, and the leader of the youth group was a lovely, godly man who loved people and just wanted to share, take every opportunity to share the gospel with mm. people. And uh, so I joined the youth group and got involved in that. And, and so that was at the age of 14, I joined that, and for the next three years, I was flat out being the best Christian that I could be so that God would be very pleased with me and that God would be very happy to have me on his side. I thought, you know, this I'm going to be a really good Christian. I got lots of prizes at Sunday school. I knew lots of parts of the Bible off by heart. So God must be really pleased with me. I'm going to work at this very hard. I got into my final year at high school and I had a mate who wasn't a Christian and he lived a pretty wild life. And one of the school holidays, he went off to a youth camp and came back converted. And I thought, this guy's changed. Like, he's, he's just a new a new person. Mm. And it made me realise that that what I needed was not to know passage of the Bible off by heart and to be able to answer theological questions. What I needed was to know Jesus myself. Mm. And I, I got, in August 1957, I got down on my knees, and I, and I think for the first time I realised that I, I knew... I knew this I was a sinner who needed a savior mm. up till then I thought I was going to prove to God how lucky he was to have me on his side yeah. and I found us you know I was very pharisaical yeah. <laughs> in all of that time I can empathize and, with that mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, and I just got down I said thank you Jesus I, mm. I, I, I need a savior and mm. um, and the youth group leader, was very understanding of all of that. He'd probably been watching me all these years up till then, uh, yeah. the three years up till then, and he'd probably been praying for me flat out too. And um, and suddenly the the Bible took on a whole new aspect, and I just um, I just so it was there the, that
0: you really understood the gospel, yeah, came yeah. to trust in Jesus yeah. as your saviour. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then, how did you come to go into ministry?
1: Well, uh, it's an interesting story. I, um, I, I, I was doing the leaving certificate back in the old day, 1957. Mm. We did the leaving certificate after five years of high school, and I was for the leaving certificate. I did English because it was compulsory. Mm. I did Maths One, Maths Two, uh, Applied Maths, uh, Maths One Honours, Physics, Physics Honours, Chemistry, and English, and they were my subjects for the HSC. Very limited mm. education because mm. my father was an engineer and I he that's what I, you're going to be and I love maths so that okay. was what I was going to be was an engineer so then this this uh, this in August 57 this what happened I sort of thought I want to serve god in some better way than, than engineering, you know, there must be some better way I could do it. But I wasn't going to tell my father. I thought he, he wouldn't react to that very well. Um, so I thought, well, I better just do engineering and uh, and i will get mm. that out of the way, keep him happy, and then I'll work out what to do after that. Um, so I went to uni and I did civil engineering at New South Wales Uni. Wow. And for and I graduated and then worked at Sydney Water. And, uh, and while I was... Um working in Sydney water, I got married uh, to a wife who's a lovely christian <laughs> well she yes yeah, she was she was a member of the youth group that we mm. were part of, and I talked to her about the possibility of going into, you know giving up engineering and going into the ministry and,
0: and was she supportive from the uh,
1: early uh, on she was always supportive, mark, but mm. a bit scared she thought that wouldn't be such a good move she'd much she thought she was marrying an engineer, and that's what mm. <laughs> you know that we worked in better for her plan mm. um uh Anyway, so every time I talked about why don't we give up engineering and go into the ministry, she sort of burst into tears and, and, uh, mm. and then we'd sort of talk about it a bit more. I knew there was no point in going into the ministry if she wasn't totally mm. on, in, on side with it. Mm. Um, and I just kept praying. And while I was praying about all this, I came across Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 and 13. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling because mm. it is God who is at work in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. And I yeah. thought... If God wants me in the ministry mm. and he wants Pat in there with me, mm. he's gonna. He's the one who makes her want to do it. Mm. So I won't mention it again till mm. she wants to do it. So I prayed about that for about two years like that. Mm. And then her only brother, uh, her older brother who she um, really looks up to, was a doctor in medical practice and he decided to give up that and go to Nepal as a missionary with... Um, uh, whatever it was called, mm. I, whatever it was. Yeah, anyway, I know Yeah, mean. yeah. Mm. When you turn 80, Mark, your bri- That's brain okay. really okay. Not even when you turn 80, when <laughs> yeah. you turn 50, <laughs> it gets happens as yeah. well. Yeah, anyway, so… Uh, but that was a big turning point yeah, for Pat, f- yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, because he, he was willing to give up a, yeah. a medical career here and go as a missionary to, wow. uh, to Nepal… And uh so she woke up one morning and said when are we going to the ministry. So then I burst into tears <laughs> and uh wow. um yeah. So
0: how long have you been in ministry for uh, you know in formal paid ministry? Yeah,
1: uh, I was ordained in 1975. So um wow. Yeah, uh
0: coming well, up 50 years. 50
1: years. Yeah, yeah. Wow! Right. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Close. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we'll have a
0: ministerial yeah. jubilee yeah. <laughs> in the New South Wales yeah. Assembly
1: coming up. Yeah. Before that, I was an elder at the church at Hurstville. Um, yeah. For a f- I, I became an elder in 1962. So, you know, I've had oh wow! That, um, so for quite yeah, a time. Yeah,
0: yeah. Okay. How have you seen the church change? Oh, no, this is a no. big question. I know yeah. you've seen yeah. it be pre pre union yeah. union. Yeah. Now, how is it in a nutshell? How has it changed?
1: I think the the main thing I've noticed is that we now take the scriptures as God's authoritative word, which is what we should have done all along, because that's what the Westminster you know, we form we base what we believe on the yep. Westminster Confession of Faith, and Chapter One of the Westminster Confession it says that the word of that the scriptures of the Old and New Testaments and names the sixty six books are the authoritative word of God and infallible and and um uh and that wasn't. you know, the the sermons we used to hear were a bit wishy-washy and a bit, you know, just social issues and things like that without real reference to the Scriptures. One of the reasons why I voted to remain a Presbyterian was Mm. because when I read the... The um, basis of union of the Uniting Church, I thought that doesn't—that's not a strong enough view of Scripture for me. I yeah, want, uh,
0: is it? It's right, isn't it? Because their basis of union says that the Scriptures contain the yeah. Word of God,
1: or, or they testify to the Word or, of yeah, God. Right. Yeah, right. Whereas
0: yeah. ours says the Scriptures are uh, the, the Word.
1: Well, well ours—that's how it contains. But mm. but when it was originally drawn up, the mm. contained meant that that's it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the, I, the word of God is contained uh, in yeah, scripture. Yeah, that's where it is. Um, yeah. yeah.
0: But that slight difference I've heard a few people yeah. say that. Yeah. It was the the yeah. authority of scripture for yeah. them was yeah. the deal breaker. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's what it was for me and uh, and so um, I was uh, when church union was being discussed, and and we set up a committee to, we knew that the that the theological education of ministers was going to go into the uniting church. That mm. was where, and and um, yeah, I, it was pretty sure that that was going to take the direction of the uniting church of not having a high view of scripture, and um. And so uh, we, I was involved in the planning committee to set up theological education so that when, when we stayed Presbyterian after the church, Uniting Church yep. was formed, uh, we'd have something to, to work on. Mm. And so we were very keen to make the basis of our theological the training of our ministers to be um, the scriptures and and mm. accepting them as the word of God. When mm. I studied for the ministry, I studied at... Sydney University, the BD, and under, under mostly lecturers who didn't, who were at the old school and didn't believe the Bible was so We spent. You know our time in New Testament, pulling the New Testament apart rather than sitting under it as God's Word, and and that's made me even more <laughs> yeah. determined to.
0: Well, I mean, you've um, been integrally involved uh, in the Presbyterian um, Theological College now yep. Christ College. Yep. Um, served on the theological education committee. Yep. Um, I think we've seen a great renaissance, yep. really, haven't yep. we? Yeah, in the yeah theological yeah, we education, have.
1: Yeah. and it's and it's all by God's grace. I'm just so yeah. thankful to God that He's given us that. Yeah, you know, He's given us something to, to work on, you know. Um, so you've not yeah.
0: only been involved at a state level and mm. local, obviously, being a, a Presbyterian mm. minister yourself, Rose Bay for many years, yep. Yep. Um, but you, you've you also served as the Moderator General of the yep. National Church. Yep. What do you think are some of the challenges for us as Australian Presbyterians?
1: Yeah, I think <sighs> to work to work together it's for all the states to work together like you know w- w- australia's a funny sort of a thing and and the the Presbyterian Church of Australia was formed in 1901 the time when the federation of the states became and we've still got fights about in 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 government we got mm-hmm. you know what's federal responsibility what's state responsibility and who's responsible for deciding whether the borders can be open and all this ah. you know all of these sorts of things yeah. um so, so we're involved, in, you know, each state has its own assembly with its own, um, mm-hmm. you know, area of, of uh, responsibility. And some and matters, so that matters of governance are mm-hmm. referred to the state assemblies and matters of, of doctrine are referred to the, the federal assembly. So mm. it's, there's lines of demarcation, but it's not always clear. Um, I, I, when I was moderator general, yeah when i when i the, the the assembly that i had to moderate as moderator general the issue of the ordination of women came up and uh and the question pivoted on whether it it, it was on the ordination of el- that's what, women in the eldership mm-hmm. and it pivoted on whether that was a a a, a, a doctrinal do- doctrinal, doctrinal issue or a um a matter of polity matter of polity yeah mm. And the assembly decided it wasn't my... <laughs> I thought it was a matter of doctrine. I thought, I thought that's a clear, clearly what God's word is saying, it's a matter of doctrine. Mm. Um, but there were those who... are. And, I mean, the moderator, as you know, the moderator doesn't have a vote. He, no. he only has to be, blow the whistle, he's the referee. Mm. Um, and uh, the assembly decided it was a matter of, of, um, of governance. And so, therefore... Um, the states were allowed to decide about the ordination of women elders, and mm. and it was not a yeah, federal matter. But yeah. but that was one of the sorts of issues that arose. Where there's mm-hmm. and and I think what we've got to do is to see that we're that we're all and. and you know, by the grace of God, all the states are committed to the Westminster Confession of Faith and what it states about the authority of Scripture. But we mightn't always see things the same, but we've got to be working together. And, and that is happening. Mm. I, yeah, I'm seeing it happening in yeah. a wonderful way.
0: So if we look back now, as you, you've just turned 80 yesterday. Congratulations, yeah. by the way. Yeah. You look at our state in New South Wales yeah. as I think we can safely say one of the elder statesmen of our church. Oh, you're <laughs> yeah. just about to have your 50th yeah. ministerial jubilee. Yeah. I'll have to mark that occasion. Yeah. <laughs> um, what are your observations on how we're traveling as a church?
1: I, I I think we're traveling pretty well, but I keep praying that we'll stay committed to the scriptures and that we'll make, even when we disagree, that we'll make that the basis mm-hmm. Um because the drifting away, in church history, the drifting away is never a sudden thing. It's a gradual thing where we sort of don't realise that we're drifting away. I love the story in um, Second Kings 22, is it where Josiah... King uh, find, cleans up the temple and finds, yeah, the, uh, finds, finds the book the of temple. the law. Yeah. And and Josiah was a godly man who was really trying to do the right thing and they mm. read to him the book of the law, he says, We've been doing it wrong like you know. Mm. Do you feel like that is yeah, a good parallel? Yeah, yeah or that, parable. And, and why I knew why I wanna say let's keep to the mm. scriptures. Let's always pray and ask ourselves what's God saying to us in his word? How's it apply to us today? Mm. We've got to be Relevant to our culture, we've got to make sure that what we're saying is relevant. Mm-hmm. But it's so easy to be led by the culture yeah. and to to come back to the scripture and make it say what the culture wants it to. Especially yeah. today, where where the media doesn't let us speak yeah. out what God's word says, in case we offend somebody. Mm. Um, and and uh, you know, we've got to say we're not adapting the scripture to fit the culture. Mm. We're teaching what the scripture says in a way that the culture will understand and uh, but yeah, maybe, that's, and that's a tough challenge I think oh, Mark. Yeah. I, I
0: it's I, always I, the challenge yeah it and you're right it's going to take much courage and wisdom yeah uh, and the grace of God ultimately yeah, yeah. Maybe and, one, and, and the
1: well, way we get it across to the uh, to the people is through the media and if yeah. they're not on side we're in but yeah. God is sovereign, Mark. And I, I keep reminding myself, God is sovereign. Amen. He's greater than the media and he can make his word known a- as amen. long as we're faithful yeah. to what God's is. So.
0: so maybe one final question. Uh, you were mentioning to me before yeah. that you know you just turned 80 and you're a bit nervous <laughs> because the scriptures say in Psalm 3 score and 10, yeah, 80 yeah, if we yeah, have the strength. Yeah, yeah, Praise God, yeah, you've had the strength. Yeah. Now you're looking over your shoulder and thinking, yeah, yeah. how much longer have I got the strength? But yeah. you also said rightly enough that... Moses ministry didn't begin yeah, till he yeah, was 80 yeah, and yeah. he went for another 20 40 years.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: What's you know now look it's all in God's hands. Yeah. But what do you think the Lord has in store for Bruce Christian? In the I, years ahead. I
1: don't know, Mark. I um, I when, I, when I, After I'd spent 30 years at Rose Bay, I was starting to think oh, I'm getting old and, and I've been here a long time and perhaps it's time for someone younger with more enthusiasm to take over from me and they're not going to want to get rid of me because they all love me and I love them and I don't want to say I'm going to leave. So how am I going to get out of this? I think I ought to go, but no one's going to call me at, at that stage of my life. Um, and then Southern Shire Christian School. When I'd been, I'd been at Engadine before okay. I was at um, before I was at Rose Bay. Mm. And when I was at Engadine, we set up Shire Christian School. Mm. And uh, oh, you were part of the founding members of that setup. Yeah, So we got that going. So and in 2008, when I turned 68, they um, uh, they applied to the government for a, a chaplain, a paid part-time chaplain.
0: Okay. thinking
1: the government's not going to agree to have a chaplain at a Christian school. Um, And so they applied and they got it. And they said, "What are we going to do now? How are we going to find someone who only wants to work two days a week?" And someone said, "What about Bruce Christian? He's been at Rose Bay for thirty years, and he's sixty-eight. This time, he was thinking of retiring. He might like to be a part-time chaplain here." So they rang me up and said, "What do you reckon?" And it was like a real answer to prayer for me because Mm -hmm. I could leave Rose Bay with something to go to that was what Mm -hmm. I felt God had equipped me and prepared me for. Mm -hmm. So I went there, and uh, in 2008, and began my ministry there. And after a little while, I realized this is going to be difficult to be a chaplain. the kids here, because every teacher is a committed Christian, actively involved in their local church, and there are pastoral care groups. Each teacher has a pa- Every kid's in a pastoral okay. care group with a teacher who's a chaplain. Um, what am I going to do? And the the principal. What did you find? Well, the principal said to me, "Why don't you write a little devotional thing every day that they get on their computer mm. when they arrive at work? They get a little devotional statement on a verse of the Bible that mm. will help them for that day." And so you'd be the minister, you'd be the chaplain to the teachers who are the then chaplain to Excellent. the kids. Um, I did have a lot of chaplaincy work with the kids as well, I had a lot mm. of connection with them, but that was the main thing is to write this thing. So, when I wanted to retire from that in 2016, the end of 2016, I thought I'm really I'm too old for, for this now. Um, so, I said to the principal, I really think I should retire now. And uh, I was going to have a stroke the next year, so I didn't. The Lord knew that, but I didn't know <laughs> that. And uh, the January, the beginning of the next year, I was going to have a stroke. So, uh, so it was a good move. And she said to me, "You can only retire if you promise to keep your little devotional going." Uh, and so, which is much loved, by the way, <laughs> in AP. Oh yeah, well they use it sometimes here, yeah. yeah. but um, and so that I I. Other people say they find it helpful, but it's most helpful to me. I think it's the mm. Lord's provision for me to give me something to do every day. Mm. That's where I'm committed to what I want to say about God's word mm. and the authority of God's word and the relevance of God's word to our daily lives. And so I do that every day. I've been doing that since 2016. I've Yeah. You know, even though I haven't been at the school, I've seen it to, and it now goes to a lot of other people. So, but.
0: if you could, if you could have one, okay, you're a preacher. <laughs> you could, you could have one pastoral word, particularly to the older, not necessarily, but particularly to the older people that are listening, watching this. Mm. What would be a word of maybe encouragement or challenge you'd want to say to our older members?
1: Yeah, I think. To be reading God's word, and if your eyesight's failing, as for lots of old people, there are lots of I used to listen to God's word Yeah, mm-hmm. and and if you're too old to get to church, you get there online things like this. Mm. This COVID, what what the technology that's come out of this yeah. COVID thing is just amazing. The way God's using it, we we've got at Wollongong where I am uh, now, we, we've got people watching online that um, mm. that wouldn't otherwise have come to church, and we're yeah. getting feedback from that. The only trouble is, Mark, that as we start to come back again, people mm-hmm. found, find it easier to be in their pajamas, and uh, that is that's the another challenge. challenge. Isn't it? So I'm going to challenge older people to get out of your pajamas because, Amen, when, brother, when, preach when, it. When, when the Book of Hebrews says mm-hmm. that in chapter ten, verse twenty-five, we're not to give up meeting together. Mm-hmm. That's
0: because Our we some
1: do. are in the habit of doing. Yes, yeah, so <laughs> exactly. Um, that we need to take that challenge and we need to make that. So the older people out there. Okay. Get it, get out of your pajamas and get out amongst the God's people. That's it. You've heard it from Bruce <laughs> Christian himself. Yeah. Uh, and I'm going to keep doing that. That's right. And I mean, I think
0: it's been great because you've been a wonderful model yourself um, of valuing not only God's word but valuing His church, mm. His people. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: And and I, it's just I I um I got one of my quick this 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 thing I send out. It's called today's quick word, mm. and and I, it goes to a whole lot of people. People have put have sent me email addresses to send it to, and I don't even know who these people are. So it goes to 150 people wow. as well as the the school and everything. And I got one back yesterday thanking me very much. And she said, you may not remember me, but you spoke at a youth camp that I was at. And it and I heard, I thought, this is a guy who really loves God's word. And he, mm. you know, she took it seriously. And, and, and I wrote back to her and I said, I'm amazed at what christian fellowship means i think i'd taken it for granted yeah but i'm now seeing that that we we have this unity in christ mm. that joins us together and we ought to take every opportunity to encourage mm. each other
0: and hasn't covid made us realize what it, we're missing yeah yeah in that regard
1: and, I, and we're never too old to, mm. to just talk to our neighbors and and yeah. you know we don't have to be great evangelists but just to live out mm. what what God's work is doing in us and what it means to us to be belong to his family by grace alone. It's just yeah. a, such a, a liberating thing to know yeah. it's all of God's grace.
0: Uh, by the way, if people want to access um, the quick word that you, yeah. you publish, how do they do that?
1: Well, they could send me an email and I could add them to mm-hmm. the list <laughs> if they'd like to do that. Okay. Um, so what's your it, email address? You want to put it out yeah, there? Yeah, bruce.christian at bigpond.com. Christian.
0: At, at bigpond.com. Big com.
1: Very easy, yeah. Okay,
0: too <laughs> yeah. easy. Christian at bigpond.com. Dot com. Yeah, yeah. That'd be fantastic. If you yeah. would like to sign up um, to be able to hear those devotions, which we also publish um, occasionally at AP, um, I'd really encourage you. It's a great resource. We get lots of feedback at AP as well by people that value it. Thank you so much, Bruce, uh, for joining us. And it's been great to hear about your story. <laughs> Thank you, Mark, for giving me the opportunity to get
1: things off my chest. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, no, it's always a pleasure talking to you. And may the Lord continue to richly bless you and Pat in however yeah. many years that he's given you left. On Thanks, the Mark.
1: And, and can I say how much I appreciate this ministry you're doing oh, too? Right. And may the Lord bless that as well because yeah, it's very, very helpful. Great. Yeah.
0: Excellent. Well, this has been another edition of AP's Profiles in Christian Living. Uh, my special guest with me today has been uh, the very right
1: Reverend Bruce no, no, Christian. They, they've dropped all those oh, titles. Oh, they've dropped all that. Yeah, it, it's Bruce. Yeah, Bruce. <laughs> Bruce right. Christian yeah. now.
0: Uh, it's been great to have him with us, and I look forward to seeing you next time on AP's Profiles for Christian Living. Thanks very much.